I know we have a theme song, but I think we need a great like a song. remix or something. You know what I mean? He's very busy right now. How are people supposed to know if it's the new season? You know? Right. Okay. All right. It's you like know what? You know what my season. least favorite part of the West Wing is? Is that damn theme song? <laughs> oh. So fucking That's good. Crazy. And then it you ends. Know. It just ends. It's like they forgot the song was supposed to end. Right there. That was it. Your West Wing rant starting it off. <laughs> We're in. Welcome All to right. the podcast. Let's go. <laughs> Welcome to the Dynasty Time Podcast. We are back for the 2021 season. Scott here along with Dan and Logan. Hey, everyone. What's up, boys? Hello, friends. Logan has decided to not be on video for this, so I don't what know you, if, if he's mad or what. But No, I'm just we'll outside on a lovely evening. Oh, that's nice. It's dark out. Can you, can you see the Word document that we're going to discuss? I've got that memorized. Okay, perfect. You've read it a few times. I haven't um, even looked at it, but yes. Guys, it's very exciting. 2021 means it's the reset one year later. I am very well, excited about time. this. Vegas draft is going to be lit. <laughs> you know, it, it's kind of frustrating because you're like, oh, the reset's happening. Awesome. But nothing cool actually happens until next summer. Now. <laughs> so. I mean, I'm... It's as far as excuses go, it's a pretty darn good one. So let's, uh, as we kick off this season and the pod, I want to congratulate the two of you on the very exciting news. That's super exciting. Um, and uh, I guess good luck, right? Are you talking to me? Yeah. What, what yeah, by, the, by yeah. the two of you, it means Scott <laughs> Whitney. I was like, me. I'm like, wait, what, like, I what is Dan doing? Uh, I yeah, mean, no, you two it's... are like always together. I just kind of assume. I have no <laughs> idea. No, yeah, bailing on the Vegas draft uh, because the Twins will be here hopefully after the draft. Mid-September? Uh, yeah. Hopefully. I mean, they should be. So if you want to come but, to Chicago, I think that's, uh, that's what you should do. And Twins often do come early. And so if you true. need like, you know, 10 to 12 people roaming around helping you out the first couple of days, I'm sure that's exactly what you're looking for. That's a great plan. Yeah, you guys could just stay here. Anybody come into town and just help us? I think it's just all night draft, like slowly. You make your draft pick whenever you're upholding one of them, and that's uh, your cue. Then you can pass the baby back back and go go back to sleep. It'll be like a 24 hour draft because I'll be running it. So I have to be in control. So if I have to leave the room, you guys just have to sit there until. Hey, this this league is only for the hardcore. I mean, we love long drafts here. Hey, I know I don't want to get ahead of ourselves here, but if we decide to do this off-season trading thing, what better time to have an in-person draft would it be? Would be you know next year? Next year, where we're all together making trades the day before the draft or the day of the draft in Vegas, right? In Vegas, in there it is, Caesar's Palace Presidential Suite on Logan, because he. Yeah, made so much craps the night before. 
He I, doesn't I even never, need to do that. I don't. I don't play at Caesars. I'll be honest with you guys. Okay. I hear that. Hotel here. I hear that minimum tables are a little expensive these days. <laughs> I think inflation has hit Vegas. Guys, I'm more of like a Bally's. I'm more of like a Bally's guy. I don't know. You know, yeah, maybe it's the Golden Nugget. So Bally's hey, just takes that. a while to walk to. You got to walk yeah. through that bridge, and yeah, I, yeah, you're right. Hey, for honestly, for my money, gold nuggets as good as they come. That's the honest yeah, the truth. Do I love downtown? That's that's true, Vegas. All right, you're in charge. Well, fancy stuff. Yeah, Logan's in charge of planning 2022 draft. Very exciting. That can happen, right? Sure. As long as no one else gets knocked up. Yeah, seriously. Uh, yeah. Wait, I think we're, I told I think you guys that Jackie's pregnant, right? Well, you told us. I didn't know. If oh, that was. Oh, public. hey, league. <laughs> hey, league. Having a baby again. Having a cool. baby. Logan did it right do? though. This is due like December, right? This is, yeah, this will be right after I win the championship this year. Yeah, we'll we'll is... welcome welcome the babe to the world. Good freaking planning right there. That's how we do it. Well, congratulations to you two. Well, thanks. That <laughs> was confusing. Dan and ain't, I ain't no so, babies here. That's so special. We got our baby. Our baby's yeah. already almost. Dan had his months. problem last year. Yeah, um, we, I, you know, the, the whole COVIDness, right? That, well, I guess you guys, Scott and Whitney, beat, beat the COVID baby stuff, but Logan and I had the, the COVID babies. There you go. I, I don't think they had COVID. I don't think Addie didn't have COVID, did he? <laughs> Not that we know about. Well, no, yeah. Who knows did, the baby? So. Oh, no. I heard COVID was made up. I, I mean, that's true. Oh, it's not, it's okay. not a thing. No fans of the Olympics here this many years later. Okay. Sorry. Moving on. Anyway, we're documenting. Um, speaking of, let's start, let's start with the draft. Um, 2021. I'm in favor. You want to draft this year? That's a good yes, idea. I do. I, guys, I think we should reset the league this year. What do you think? Ooh, that's a good idea. Are we doing super fun? I'll get to that. So draft. If, yeah, you guys figure out what you want to do. I, I think we're gonna we're definitely gonna do a Zoom draft for those who are not in person. Um, and then I don't know, like we were talking about it. How Zoom me could we get? Uh, could we just do a draft board um, or do do it in a way where you have to announce your picks? Yes, it would take an hour longer, but sounds kind of fun. Worth it. As someone who thought I was a shoe into it, go to Chicago if that was going to happen. And now looking like I probably can't, I am all about the live zoom draft. I do not care if it takes an hour longer or two hours longer. It's the one fun, the funnest part of the fantasy league, probably a year. And we're resetting. So kind of a big deal full on. Everybody's back in the draft. You know, I don't know. Let's do it. Yeah, I mean, to me, it it totally depends on how many people can make it to Chicago. That's true. If no one <laughs> is in Chicago, then I, I'm, as much as I would like to do the 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 board and all of that, if everyone's just sitting at home, I don't really know then. Um, but if we can get some level of mass in Chicago, then absolutely, that's the way to go. Either way, we will not be using the MFL draft site. So, claps for that. Whoa, that's good news. Yeah, you made that decision already. There's so many options out there. We can figure I mean, something that's out. Awesome. All right. I, I'm looking at. I think sleeper is probably our best bet. 
to do just the draft and then we can move everything over at least this year. Love it. All right. So that's the draft Uh, going through a couple other things quick before we talk about the, the exciting stuff, Uh, the lineups, we will be keeping the same as last year. As you can see in the word deck, that means super flex stays in. Yeah, we did it. Everyone. Um, And defense. Congratulations. Uh, We're also adding three defensive players. So good luck. Just kidding. It's too late for your antics, Mr. Pizer. One of these years, I'm not going to be joking, and it's going to happen. You're going to be shocked. Uh, Rosters, interesting here. I think we keep it the same, especially if we keep it 14 teams, which we probably will. Um, What's your guys' thoughts on IR? Oh, wait, Dan has raised his hand. You don't yeah. have to do that on a podcast. You can oh, just talk. sorry. Okay. Um, yeah. So the IR designation is interesting. What are your thoughts on the different statuses? And uh, the, the reason I bring that up is because in another league, I believe it's on Yahoo, the statuses in moving guys to IR is really screwy. A guy has to be listed as out in order for you to use the IR spot, which I understand in theory. But it also screws you up midweek. If a guy's been out for a long period of time, sometimes he might go to questionable for like a day. So you have to pull him off, drop somebody. But we all know he's going to be out. They were saying Christian McCaffrey's going to be out another three weeks. Yet he went to questionable on Yahoo. Yeah. So I had to pull him off IR, drop another good player, and then undo all that bullshit. So that would be my one question with the IR, if we even want to deal with that. Um, I haven't missed it in 10 plus years in this league. But Logan, what do you think? I mean, as someone whose team last year was just destroyed by injuries for like the entire season, it would have been a nice to have. There's no doubt about that. I think the the question is always, or at least the rationale that I've always heard is around the lines of, well, the IR spot having it dilutes the waiver wire or it pulls more people out of that. And, Sure, fine, whatever. 14 team league that waiver wire shit anyway, right? So I don't know. I don't know that I buy necessarily that argument against IR. So I'm of the mindset of it's kind of nice when you're in a position where you have a player like a Christian McCaffrey who's will they, won't they, what's going on, out, not out, things like that, where once they're designated out, you can grab a different player to put in without having to drop a player like McCaffrey. But of all the things going on, I don't know that this is an issue that I feel overly passionate about where like we need to have an IR spot. But I, I just would argue that a lot of the arguments against it don't exactly yeah. resonate with me personally. I, I mean, I'm notoriously uh, don't care about the waiver wire argument because, yeah, it is what it is. It's a big league. Um, it's it's just enforcing it. It's that, That's what sucks. I, I mean, we have more flexibility than Yahoo. I, I can do a bunch of stuff as commissioner on MFL, but it's still hard. Um, and it's, yeah, it's just one more thing to think about. So I, I lean towards no, but given the the reset figured i'd i'd give people a chance 
Cause yeah. it is a short bench. That's the, that's the problem. Our, our bench is super short. And so I get that there's a time when it's frustrating to not be able to use that spot. Right. Yeah. I mean, leave it up for discussion and ultimately your vote probably. But, but if you got, sorry, but if you got like McCaffrey who's out for four weeks, I kind of get that where it's like, well, this sucks. I just have to leave him on my bench and I know yeah. he's going to be out for a month. Like that's the situation where it's frustrating. You got to go. Well, that's that's questionable. I don't really want an IR spot to be here. For sure. That's the exact scenario, especially when it hits like weeks like six through 10, when you know they're coming back before the playoffs and you're going to need them. You're also in like peak by season two. So you're already like shortened roster is getting like super, super short. And then what you're left with is just kind of churning over absolutely nothing or force with the decision of do you drop someone super valuable just to get a body into a starting position which i felt like i was in a lot last year and i was getting like starting like the packers fourth wide receiver because i at least knew who that was over anyone else because that's what i had to work with and so it wasn't the most fun to manage through but that's also i guess part of the game right so 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 real quick scott how would you handle McCaffrey from last year he was out we knew he was going to be out for like four to six weeks he then ended up being questionable for like the last four weeks of the season and that's exactly what I'm talking about like he becomes questionable he's saying he wants to play but then like the coach rules him out but he's still questionable how do you handle that and do we just put in a rule and say your IR designation can only be used on a player that was on your roster when he got hurt right so we prevent any sort of picking up and stashing. And then like, you might just have to use common sense. Like it, it would, I think yeah, it would have to it be might, it would definitely some subjectivity, just like we did kind of last year with COVID stuff. Like it might have to be subjective. If that's the case, if we can make it not stupid and not like a stressful part of setting your weekly lineup, then I'm all for it. But I'll tell you last year, having to like pull them off and on IR every Monday or Tuesday yeah. on Yahoo, it literally cost me the lead, honestly. Like, I lost the championship. If I had McCaffrey healthy, I think I would have won. But um, you know what I mean? Like, it just – you're dropping yeah. guys, and other guys are swooping in and picking them up. Well, it's, it's just, just annoying, like, too. Yeah. Like, every week yeah, I, I have think, to worry about it. I think – I honestly don't mind the way ESPN does it of if they're on IR and they're out, it's fine. If they're on IR and they're not out – Basically, you can't make You're any locked. moves until you get them off the IR spot. And that's and yes, it's in, but that's and the problem that Dan ran into. That's what that's that's the problem. I, I had to pull McCaffrey off of IR and then drop somebody else in order to pick up a different crappy running back. And that other thing. So you're just constantly making these extra moves. And in that league, it, it wasn't it was bad, but it was a there were bigger rosters. I can only imagine it being way worse in our league where I believe I had 16 roster spots in an end team league in this league. We got 14 roster spots with 14 teams. I mean, that to me would get worse um, than I felt it was last year. And I hated it. Last year. Yeah. I mean, um, it's all about, I guess, how your perspective on it, at least, at least there's consistency in how the rules applied with that. That way like, you know, going into it to me, that's the, the biggest yeah. thing is and, and just, I, no. Yeah, I understand what you're saying. I guess if, if that's what we would do, though, I would likely vote against it. Um, I would rather have it be like, if the guy's been out for three weeks and he's questionable, 
you can keep him on your IR and still make other moves because we really don't know if that guy's going to be back. If it switches to probable, then yeah. And maybe Scott, your MFO report could actually help us with that. Yeah. I need to look into, cause that has a lot of details on it. So I think we can track when they were out and when they moved all that kind of crap. Um, but yeah, let me do some work to see how other leagues do it. That's better than Yahoo. We'll see. Um, the last thing here is, well, two things. Playoffs, I think we all enjoyed the select your opponent thing. So I'm not even I think, voting I think for Luke that. Did. I think Luke did. Hey, Luke almost got... Wait, did he... He, he won, didn't get, he he didn't won get the league. No, I know, but he was the one who Bobby was supposed to pick or something. But he yes. missed the, missed the thing, draft, and so then, then Luke, Luke got someone else. Luke talked. I think Luke was trying to like, I don't know what he was doing. He like talked his way into a matchup and he ended yeah. up just like winning them all. So God damn it. Well, not good for him. At all. Uh, but no, I thought that was fun and why not? That was cool. Uh, scoring everything will stay the same other than we'll get rid of the first down thing. It was a good experiment. Did nothing to enhance the league other than confuse people in my mind. Uh, and then everybody has been clamoring to change the one and a half PPR rule for tight ends. It's my favorite rule in the league, but I understand people are crabby about it. Uh, it's a half, it's a half a point for wide receivers. So I still think tight end should get a point. Um, (laughs) keep them relevant. Hold on a second. Tight ends are not 1.5 PPR, right? They're one. They're 1.5 PPR. I believe. No, no, they're one. They're one. Are they just one? Everybody is running backs and wide receivers are 0.5 and tight ends are full. I I don't know. That yes, that is the truth. Uh, I'll I'll look into that while you while you talk. No, that that's 100 percent the situation because I've been the biggest um, opponent of it, but I don't care anymore. I, I would, if we vote, I think we just vote. I would vote to just have everybody be the same. But if everybody else is okay with it, that's fine. I guess I haven't heard many people, but there was so much crap last year. I don't think we've talked about it much, but I'm yeah, pretty confident. It's one full, point. Yeah, it's full PPR, four tight ends, half for everybody else. Yep. I struggle to understand any sort of logic why, yes, the tight end position is less deep. Who cares? Um, all it does, in my opinion, is make the top tight ends even more valuable, which to me is stupid. So, um, well, and it makes other tight ends useful. The whole point is to get more players in the pool to be interesting. Yeah, but I mean, and keepable. I, I, I still believe that it makes the top tight ends, the top tier, the top two or three guys that much more valuable way too much more value but again i don't care it just change it on the document to full point pbr it did it's not 1.5 and then if anybody else actually has a strong opinion in a, sort of agreeing with me i'd love to hear it if not then don't mess with it um nothing but, shut up but but this is our chance right we're literally resetting that's everything. my point ideally any sort of rules like this we don't mess with for a while um, as we're kind of starting to leave it. Same with like the IR stuff and all that. So 
one I haven't heard anyone say that they like this other than Scott. And I was just looking through old Slack comments that Paul King, myself, naturally, Dan, who else was I looking at, all have spoken up against this. I'm fairly confident if this went to a vote. You guys are it wrong. That's... Probably be soundly defeated. Okay. I could be wrong, and maybe it's just a vocal minority here, but it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense to me if I'm being honest with you. Logan, be... I don't know if you know this about me. I don't like loud minority. You don't like minorities? Right. So, damn it. Wow. You know where I was going. I knew as soon as I said Arms it, dropped on the podcast, everyone. You know, the, the biggest uh, quote unquote minority group in this country that thinks they run things. That's where I was going. Moving on. Moving on. Uh, we'll keep it at one point uh, because Logan likes it. Uh, so the big the big questions that we have today are the keeper rules and the trades. Oh boy, let's start with keepers. And I'll just I'll just say what I think the plan should be, and we'll go from there. Basically, the change would be to take every. Right now, we have two one years and one multi year keeper. Just make them all multi years, so every keeper is worth the round ahead. What you're saying is, wait, what about those first round picks? Well, too bad. Those first round picks would not be keepable. Uh, yeah, that would be a big change. So all you precious draft people would be happy that the draft is quote unquote better because uh, there's some people at the top. And then uh, we would put a limit on how many seasons you could keep players. Um, right now I have three seasons total, um, but obviously that's just throwing a number out there. Thoughts. Where does this, well, can I ask a first que a question first? What, what happens to our designated player rule? Is that still in effect? <laughs> God damn it. I missed the designated player. That is still in effect. We wouldn't really change that. Um, it's three games or less. It's called developmental player, guys. Developmental. Yes, the developmental player. Oh, it's what do we call it? Because it's a young rookie or second year player that you are developing. Yeah. So you oh, could. I thought we were designating them as not counting. But sure. Okay. <laughs> no, they still count. Developmental. So it would be a 10th round the first time around, eighth round the second time around. Um, yeah. And which I yeah. think is close to what we had already at this point, because we've been moving that round down. To clarify what that means, that is if you DP a guy, if you draft the guys on your roster, you you develop a player, keep him the next year, he's worth a tenth. If he stays on your roster that second year and plays three games or less you can developmental player keep him again for an eighth but if he Correct. does play more than three or you just choose to do a multi-year he becomes a ninth but then you've now started this clock and you can only keep him for two years so the, the dp role uh, allows you to that's correct except for the end where if you choose to not dp him he is worth the round he was drafted in so if I drafted Trevor Lawrence in this third round and I DP him this year and then Correct. next year I play him a bunch, he's worth a third rounder. Yes. Yep. Moving forward. Good clarification. Yep. Otherwise we'd have a lot sense. of eighth round picks. Yeah. I think that all makes sense. And I think that 
I like the idea of just kind of simplifying the keepers a little bit. Yes, we're kind of shifting those one years into multi-years technically, but limiting it um, and also not allowing first rounders to be kept. I think that's kind of like a net net um, wash, if you will, in terms of who may or may not be available in the draft. So I really like that. I think it keeps it, keeps it simple. Three, I know it's kind of never used throughout, but seems good, right? That's you draft the guys on your season, on your team for one season, then you can keep him twice for a total of three times on your roster. And we'll get into more details on how that could be adjusted. Yes. Um, but yeah, yeah, I mean, I, Logan, any I, thoughts? I, I, I like it. I think it's just easier to think about. It's simpler in terms of not trying to track and designate one year's first multi-years and figuring out that. I know that the standardization of that is, is nice. It makes sense. I like the number of keepers. I do think there's reasonable people could debate on the right number of rounds and how long to allow you to keep someone um whether three is the right number or not i'm not overly passionate either way i could see an argument of maybe extending it a little bit to four or five whatever that may be but i do know people like the talent turnover as well and getting new new players on new teams and things like that so overall it definitely feels like a, a good improvement for the reset. I hate to agree with you so much, you know, but I mean, yeah, like if it were me, I would say we could increase the three number, but I, and I think I'm a little skewed because Logan, maybe even a little bit before your time in the league, there were some real strong opinions about all the draft sucks and we hate keepers kind of thing. I don't know if that's the case anymore. So I'm just throwing it out there that I am totally open to extending that number by one or two more. If, if others feel the same way. So just I guess it depends what is the goal. Because I think originally people wanted a limit because of Gronk, right? Which is so rare, but it could happen where it's like, this guy's on this team for 10 years and that's, that's no fun. If that's the goal, then you can extend it to four or five years. If the goal is really to cycle players through quickly, then I think the three years makes sense. Um, I think, I think honestly though, Scott, the goal is somewhere in between, right? (laughs) The goal is to reward people for making great picks and letting them kind of have a player that they can like watch for, for years as part of their team while also not just like locking down the talents and never having a move. So I think three is a perfectly good number as like a starting point for, is this the right amount to balance that out or should it be more, or maybe someone feels it should be less. So I don't know, but I think on principle, it's definitely in the right direction. I just don't know the right number as far as the cutoff goes. Yeah. And to be Both fair, to I mean, if you think about talent in the NFL, especially like running backs and even some flat wide receivers, yeah. three seasons might only be all they're really good. <laughs> well, so, and these guys, thing. and you're moving around every, every year. And right. so that third year, if it's a fifth round pick, it was a fourth. It was a third. Now it's a second round pick. That guy better be pretty fucking good. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, I think um, that the issue isn't so. at those levels. It's, yeah. it's yeah. when you, when you draft like the, right, the Gronks, or I know in a league that I was in, someone drafted Devontae Adams as like a rookie in like the 13th round and has just been like hanging with him ever since. Right. Yep. And like those type of scenarios are just like, okay, here's where we, 
like where the spirit of the keeper rules and like the fun of the league kind of intersect in a weird spot. So I, I don't like the idea of making rules to the exception because then you can just get yourself into like a weird scenario of like having 8 billion rules to cover every single possible scenario. So I do, I think we just need to pick a number, whatever that may be. Three feels good in that range ish and then just kind of go from there. But it's it's the right approach, I think, overall. And then cool. this conversation segues into the next topic, Scott. It does. It does. So just to before we leave it, the two decisions are the years and making sure everyone's comfortable that that first round pick is not keepable. Because that's a big that's a big change. Um, I think people will be into that just because the draft is better, I guess. But um, but yes, good segue into the trade. So here's the deal. We've never allowed to never allowed trades in the off season. Um, so the number one questions is, do we allow that moving forward? Um, I, I think all three of us want some version of that. Um, if I'm not mistaken, the, the big, the tough thing is, is that theoretically, We've always been under the assumption that the players are not yours until you keep them. Um, allowing trades in the offseason means they're yours until you don't keep them. So that's the fundamental shift. Um, but once you get past that, I think it's a pretty easy, easy shift. But um, I don't want to talk too much. Dan looks like he's ready to say something. Well, so it's just funny because I've been right up there as I am on everything fairly. Um, against this over the last several years because I'm like, yeah, otherwise you're basically turning this into more or less like a big dynasty type league, which you're really not. That's an exaggeration. Um, But as I've kind of read through the different ideas and thoughts on the page and stuff we've talked about, I've become really excited about it. Um, Plus, what are the funnest, Logan, your opinion, I believe, is this, like, what are the funnest parts of fantasy football? It's like the draft and making trades, like, I made the joke like Sundays are actually the least favorite part of fantasy football because all you're doing is rooting for your guy to catch a touchdown when the team runs it three times on third and goal or you know first and goal. Um, so yeah, I'm all for this. Um, my big question is um, how the keeper limits play into this. For and I'm just going to jump right into an example. Sorry, Logan, I already kind of spoke for you, but I know you're a big proponent and I want your opinion on this piece. If I draft a guy in the eighth round, so let's say, draft him for an eighth, keep him for a seventh, keep him for a sixth. He's now been on my team three years. He's technically worth a fifth, but I can't physically keep him based on the rules that we've kind of already outlined. Can I trade that player to somebody else? What I so, guess it's a total opinion question. I have my own opinion. I'm going to wait to hear what you have to say. No, and and I I've been. I mean, I think since I've you know joined the league here a few years back now, at this point, it's been a little while, it feels like. Um, been a been a supporter of the off-season trade concept for for the exact reason. It makes the time leading up to the draft like an an added element to the league prep period and the interaction that everyone has and how you get kind of ready and you can kind of still be building your team quote unquote like in the off season and that and that's just a fun component to add so I've always been 
supportive of that within reason and how you kind of like want to like build and structure the, the rules. To your question specifically about it, I thought would be more trades the better. So why not? If you want to, you know, you can keep someone, but you can get someone for it or something for it in return. Who knows? Maybe you find a partner out there that has a, a similar situation. You can do a keeper swap or you swap, uh, you know, picks or whatever it may be in order to like improve your standing and you get a little bit of reward as someone like leaves your team. So I don't feel strongly about that either way. The only reason that I'm a general, generally so supportive of it is the added dynamic of extra prep building into the draft and setting your, your team up for the most success going into the draft as possible. It also really rewards um, teams who've drafted really well and allows them to kind of turn over picks that they other or players otherwise they would just be throwing back for an opportunity for improving draft picks and has an opportunity to kind of quickly allow people to go from lower in the league to higher up in the league because you just have more natural pick turnover player turnover through trades and things like that that's you get a little bit more parity overall and it feels like my experience with those type of leagues is it makes it a lot harder to have kind of consistent dominant teams you still have your kind of your stalwarts based on the keepers that everyone has but you get a lot more kind of new teams and you know fresh blood coming in based on the moves they've made at the prior year trade deadline Right. And, and, I would argue, and I would argue it doesn't just reward the teams that draft well. It, it rewards the teams that play the waiver wire well. Even if the waiver wire is a little weak, you might early on in the season bid all your waiver money on X rookie running back that no one knew, no one saw coming. And he becomes great, right? That's now another keeper that you didn't even think you would have. So now you have the opportunity to trade another, a different guy that you probably would have kept for some draft capital or whatever it is. Um, it also, in my opinion, brings in um, teams who say are one in six or one in seven, who can now position themselves, you know, before the trade deadline to acquire keepable players. Maybe I know Logan's had this really good player on his roster for three years. He can't keep him at the trade deadline. I'm going to reach out to him and maybe try to make a proactive deal. Maybe Logan's not having a good year either, and we can work out a deal for that player so I get him on a reset clock or whatever it looks like um, and can keep him going forward so I just wanted to add that because I don't think it's just about drafting well it's about playing the whole season if you will even if you're out of it to position yourself for for those keepers and for that offseason excitement around trading players well and then also I think the other component of it that's kind of um, kind of an interesting dynamic that allows it allows teams that maybe aren't the greatest to stockpile keepable players, young up and comingers like the rookies who maybe aren't going to be like the top players for a team that's making a run towards a championship, but a super valuable pick, especially based on where they were drafted the year before. And you can go into the off season, even if we can only keep three players and then a DP with five or six really strong keeper candidates and even if you weren't great you still have the leverage then to make trades to improve drafts draft status or combine some of those players to get really quality keepers to allow you to make the move so it really keeps everyone engaged 
year round because you always have the ability to acquire assets that you can then do something with. The only rule that I would make to that though is some form of like a no trade back rule. As weird as that sounds, because that could get really like gross if Scott's about ready to win a championship and he needs one more player. So I trade him this player for a pick and then in the offseason trade that player right back to him. That doesn't feel right. And so there's got to be some sort of stop against that sort of behavior. But other than that, I really like it. Scott, you've been quiet. Not maybe yeah. because no, I we think, won't shut up. But. No, it's good. I, I think the one fear that people have when I've talked about it in the past is the good teams are just going to keep getting better uh, because they, they have the best players. I mean, this is totally, this is how I kind of thought about it too. They have the best players. So they're going to trade those players that they're not going to keep for picks. And it keeps going around and around. I think to Logan's point, those bad teams have a much better opportunity to get a keeper because there are several teams every year that have like one keeper. Right. Um, And now they can get a good player, take their fourth round pick, and then they can draft with what they have. And now it's two or three keepers the one thing I wanted to clarify is it's tough to make trades because you still lose that pick. And so if you're trading for Deandre Hopkins for a third and he's worth the third round pick, you're going to have to use your, well, if he's worth the third round pick, you're going to have to use that pick plus whatever you traded away. Um, so it's, it's not a automatic, Oh, I'll just trade away my 10th round pick and call it a day. You still have to use that pick. So I think there's a lot of strategy involved. Um, Yeah. And you always have to, I suppose, send a pick back to the person as well. Right. Potentially. Yeah. Right. Like you might swap those high picks, right? Right. 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 To keep them neutral. Although with, you could acquire picks over the course of years, like, you know, Bobby and I had our standing uh, draft night, random ninth round pick swap. Um, But yeah, I guess um, I don't think – I mean, yeah, I, I think it'll be more middle-round type players that would probably move, kind of what you're saying, Scott. Like, you, if you trade, you, trade a fifth for, you trade a fifth for a guy who's worth a fourth, then you're, you have to use your fourth on him. You just traded your fourth and a fifth for this player. You better be a pretty good player because after the, you know, middle rounds of the draft, you're starting to look at – bench type players and, you know, hoping to get lucky. So, which is, um, I think the reason why I'm in favor of these guys who aren't keepable being tradable (laughs) Uh, because otherwise you don't get those trades where it's like, well, those bad teams can pick up a player that was not going to be kept, but he's still good. And so they can get a star player in a different way other than hoping that they land someone in the draft. Yeah, um, I, I think we're all aligned on that. So if I well, I think may, the biggest thing though. Oh no, sorry. I was just gonna say I think the to the point of concern that you raised, Scott, around well, the good teams are only going to get better. Uh, that in some elements that might be true, but I would argue the the way I would look at it is the most active and engaged teams will get better because you're creating so many different ways to get players and get talent at any point in time throughout the year in a variety of different ways 
that it's going to reward people who are going to be like invested to like make the moves. Because if you just sit back and let everyone get the players around you, yeah, then you're probably not going to be in the best position. But if you want to be invested in and you want to put in the time and energy to get creative and make moves in the off season or during the season or at the trade deadline or draft well or free agency, then you're probably going to be pretty good. And that feels how it should work yeah. anyway. Just think so that, how much more fun tanking would be. Well, right. You yeah, can stockpile picks so that yes. you can trade for good players in the off season. Yeah. It, it makes, I think, I think it does two things. I think it, or I have two, two big comments on that. It helps the teams that are having a rough first half of the year stay even more engaged. Like, trust me, I've had, I've had to build my team up from nothing. And it was really hard to make trades with other bad teams because no one was engaged because they were one in five, two, and they just were giving up. So I couldn't even get anybody to engage. Like, this gives us more options. And then just one thing I do want to call out, it's in the Word document somewhere. Like, I don't think we're talking about being engaged in July and making trades in July. I think we would have like a go live period, August yeah, 15th or that's a good August, whatever, and say preseason week two trades are now open. So it, people don't have to be engaged yeah. in NFL I mean, football think, in July. If you're thinking about fantasy football in the middle of June, you got other issues, I think, honestly. <laughs> no, but, but Logan, to your point, like it might, it might just be like a, yeah, I mean, you might not be studying. It, what you don't want like a, something you fall into yeah. by talking like like right now, like we're talking right now. That's the thing. I you don't know? want it to land because we're not a league where everybody is best friends with each other. You know, we don't all know each other that well. We have the we're slack, the, the slack, damn it, uh, where it's really easy to DM each other. So that's nice. But I, I don't want people to feel like they need to be texting or DMing in March about picks. <laughs> um, and that's, that's my point though, is if you yeah. are, if you're, the, if you're that person, you've got other issues. Honestly. Yeah. Just, but, 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 but to no, Dan's I, point, like Dan and I could text at some point and be like, Oh, that'd be a cool deal. Let's just do that. And I don't, yeah, I don't we want, don't want that, that to be happening. We don't want that happening. That was, I mean, yeah, that, that's, it's that, essentially that kind of stuff, like that. It's that tampering window that no one really follows. It's just a go. dead period. Yeah. No talking of the deal. It's not that big of a deal, but it's like, yeah, like, yeah. trust when I was early out of this league and I didn't know people, it would piss me off when like Pizer A would trade with Pizer B or two of Pizer's high school friends I'd never met trade with each other and like then they leave the league the next year, you know? <laughs> that's That would never happen. Right. Um, um, so, so can I take yeah. this a step further? So, so when you say a player who's not keepable, that means by me. So he still has eligibility left. He's not worth a first rounder yet. Like, so go back yep. to my scenario. Yeah. So anybody who's worth case. a first rounder is gone. Like He's there's gone, no period. trading him. Yeah. No trading him at all. Um, so then, yeah. So back to my original scenario, if I draft a guy in the eighth, keep him, keep him on my team for the second year as a, as a seventh, keep him on my team for the third year as a sixth. He is now has five, four, three, two eligibility. Right. If I trade him to Logan, what happens with his clock? And can Logan keep that player for year one? I just traded him and then keep him two more times, just like our rules say. And I'm going to go ahead and say my opinion because I can't believe I'm saying this. I actually think yes. That it totally resets. And then it totally resets. Yeah. Yeah. Just 
it, it, it's like you just acquired the player for the first time. So who cares how many times, how many years a different guy had him? He's on your team for the first time this year. Right. I therefore can keep him two more times. I think that's where I land too, but I think it's a good discussion of, yes, it has to reset because it's dumb if you can't keep him another year. I mean, because then everybody's just going to be renting. I, yeah, I don't think anybody would make those yeah. trades. Yeah. Um, the fact is once... I think it should reset all the way back because the fact is then those rounds are getting lower and lower anyway. And so it's, it's going to cost you more to keep that person. The more he gets traded around at some point, it's going to be too much anyway. Right. Like exactly, like exactly in my scenario, you're not going to have that many players who were drafted around, you know, 10 plus the 10th or higher round that are going to be traded. So like my example, eighth, I think is good. So I eight, seven, six, I trade him to Logan, five, four, three. Like, yeah, that player's going to be really point. good for six, seven years in order for him not to go back in the draft pool, which I feel like is very rare. And you kind of get into the Gronk scenario a tiny bit, but the difference is someone was forced to trade him. He had to, you know, there was, there was, more, there was more change than just someone having Gronk for eight straight years. In this I scenario, mean- two teams had him for a total of six. And then he's going back into the pool. I mean, I think the principle of it is the reason you have this trade set up in general is to encourage trades, is to encourage everyone to talk and to be involved. And not resetting it means you would never trade that person. It's just there's, you know, they totally de de incentivizes decent. Yeah, makes right. it not very incentiveful <laughs> to sorry that almost it purpose. is almost midnight we get it yeah uh, to uh to do the to do the move so yeah i think if you are going to have that scenario where that person is allowed to be traded you do so with the understanding that it is reset for that exact reason and to clarify reset means the time like the time that they're yeah, not, they, not the draft not the not time. where they originally drafted yep. but just where what they are worth the, today the, yeah the time how long you can keep yes right cool i think yeah, that's I a great plan I, look at that we just hashed it out done best league ever <laughs> no i i really like that idea i think the other thing is it does reward act, activity i think it rewards just throwing guys on the trade block and being like i have three guys i'm not going to keep like you don't have to be actively wheeling and dealing because I'm just thinking of people that don't want to be trading all the time, but you don't have to be, you can say, I have three guys who are, I'm not going to keep come to me if you want them. And I'm sure someone will reach out, <laughs> you know? So it's, it should be pretty easy to get deals done. It's a, it's a um, big difference than today. When you put guys on a trade block, you're like, Hey, these guys are on the trade block. I'll move them for a good offer. Like, no, like it, it, this future scenario, like, no, I literally can't keep these guys. Like right. best and final offers Saturday at 7 p.m. It's yeah. like buying, buying a house right now. Like, you know, like just open the bidding kind of. And I think that is actually really exciting. And I'm just thinking about yeah. like, what's going to get me excited about fantasy football. That would be a huge piece. I'm just thinking about draft day Vegas 2022. Right. So, so the other big change is that keepers, either way, keepers don't need to be due early anymore. It used to be a hard thing for me to like load them in and everything. It's super easy now. So 
that can happen draft day. I love Logan's idea of like that day, the deadline is like an hour or two before the draft and stuff can happen. It's like another trade deadline. Um, I think that's the way you do this, um, which, which is a change, but it's also nice because then we don't have keepers due early. It's literally an hour before the draft. So if someone gets hurt that day, you can change your mind. It's it's funny. The last couple of years, there have definitely been. Yeah, there have been a couple injuries. A couple injuries after keepers were due. Even though that you had pushed the deadline pretty far back, it still has happened. So, yeah, no, I think that makes a lot of sense. And I think it, with the Slack now, the combination of the Slack, these podcasts, we bring people on. There's a lot more engagement than we've ever had before. So I think to your point, like it, it's not going to be like you have to try super hard. It's going to be like, hey, my trade block is actually legit now. It's, it's not something like, that people want. Eight guys, yeah. I'm putting on the trade block. No, it's like I have these few guys that are valuable that I'm likely not going to keep. Like I'm like clearly very motivated to make a deal, especially if it's four hours before the draft, right? So that is super exciting. And the last piece I'll say is. Yes, thinking about football a lot in August is a little weird for me. Then again, when do you know most allegedly about players in your draft prep? So you're arguably better suited to make trades. You're gonna, you probably know more players in August leading up to the draft than you do in like week 10 when you're like scrounging the waiver wire for someone because you have four injuries. So that's, that's my last plug. I can't believe I'm such a proponent for this guy. I really, I, I love it. I'm actually really excited. Me too. That we finally I, spoken on the phone about it. Like I, you know, we've kind of texted on and off and the, the Slack and stuff. Man, just, just think if you guys, it, if you guys would have just listened to me years ago. Years like, ago. He's, been a, he's been a leaf like three years. I, but so honestly, I, it's, it's harder to implement in the middle of everything. Yes, I get right? that. I, and I so think this is the chance. One WhatsApp, though, and I don't, I have a feeling the two of you don't share the level of concern that I do. But as you talked about, Dan, of the, hey, best in finals by, you know, Saturday or whatever it may be, and you have like eight players out there. At some level, the you have some form of incentive to literally accept any offer. If the alternative is nothing, I just give the player away and don't keep them. In theory, anything is better than that. I understand you have to weigh out making your competition better versus um, you know, bettering your own standing. Where and how you draw that line, people you know, vary on. And I do think there is an element of reasonableness that needs to be applied to all trades but especially those off-season kind of i can't keep him anyway who wants him he's a good player trades to like ensure that you're not having and it's not even so much for the two people involved it's for the other people in the league where uh, you know whoever who's on my team um christian mccaffrey i can't keep him anyway um dan's like i'll give you a 14th rounder for him and i'm like whatever it's better than no rounder and dan gets you know christian mccaffrey for a 14th rounder if i'm scott i'm a little pissed about that um can i add logan would you actually do that 
would you actually make that trade? Like if that is a real scenario and you can't keep Christian McCaffrey and I come and offer you, let's make it a 10th round. Would you actually accept that deal? Um, knowing There's you'd have no to, way. Well, here's the thing: knowing you'd have to use, depending on when he's being capped. Well, yeah. Knowing you'd have to use your first rounder on him anyway, if you were going to draft him, doesn't really matter to me if you take him. If you're going to take him anyway and get him in the first round, so be it. And I just get a free tenth rounder out of it, depending on where he was supposed to be capped anyway. Maybe. What, what if What if I'm drafting thirteenth in the first round? I mean. I, under, yeah, I understand I mean, what you're saying. I understand what you're saying. I, I really do. And I definitely think we have to also, talk more about how we evaluate it. I hate trade voting. I hate league voting for trades. I hate that. Do I like it? Do I hate it more than Scott deciding on everything? Probably, because that's a lot of pressure to put on him. Uh, or probably not, whatever. But I hear what you're saying, but I also just don't think that we're going to have that many ridiculous trades. But also... If we do, then we do. Then that's on you for saying, you know what? I think Dan sucks so much as an owner. I'm going to trade him a really right. good player for a crappy pick that I know I'm going to get nothing out of because I want him to have him. I think McCaffrey's going to suck this year. And so I don't know. I, and McCaffrey's maybe a little bit of a, uh, a really good player to use in this example right now. Um, because also we can't keep first rounders and he'll be a first rounder for the next several years. So that's probably a good yeah. example. Yeah, maybe that's not the the best example. I think there's the there's the inherent I mean, there's all sorts of things that you weigh when making those those type of trades. But anytime you get into a scenario where truthfully, you know, your your batna is, you know, nothing, then you have you have like a an uneven balance in kind of negotiations that can lead to some some unintended consequences for the rest of the league, and that's the um, that's the concern to call out because it's not perfect because there are those issues. And so, in the interest of dialogue, knowing that this is not something that I'm sure everyone will love, just wanted to make sure to call it out. What if instead, and I'm just spitballing here, and I know we're, we're doing an hour long podcast, so sorry to the listeners. What if instead, what if instead of saying, okay, there's this subjective committee or me who's like, nah, that's that seems ridiculous. When it, because to Dan's point, like at some point, it's your decision. And if you want to fuck over the rest of the league, all right. But what if, if it there is an objective pick where it's 10th round pick 11th round pick whatever it is and then it goes up and you have to like wait a certain amount of time and almost like announce that so that the league knows that like that's the price to say okay if it's this bad we need to give the rest of the league an opportunity to make sure that they know that because my other concern is like I could go to Dan and shoot him a text and be like, well, I've, I've McCaffrey. Why don't you just do a 13th for him? And nobody else had that chance. Um, when it's it. so cheap, so, I mean, every other trade that's, that's always going to be an issue, but when it's this cheap and Logan's sitting there going, well, I would have given him a 12th. Yeah. You know, so, so I I'm wondering if that's that an idea that could, I, I love that idea. And Scott and I have a funny situation in our 
basketball league where, where, where I was trying to trade a player and I shopped him around to literally every single guy in the league, not just on the trade block in the message board, but a text or a Slack or whatever to every single person in the league. And I was asking very minimal for the guy and nobody wanted him. So I go to Scott and I say, I literally have no offers. Like, make me an offer. I want to get off this guy's salary to salary cap league. Like, what do you think? And he makes me an offer, make the trade. Multiple guys, granted, there's probably two or three that were just super loud, were livid about it. And I'm like, I literally asked you yesterday if you wanted this guy for like the same deal. And they all said no. So I think I love that. I think, how, can, can you mandate that? I don't know. But again, it would, if I'm really trying to, you're Logan trying to get off McCaffrey, it would be in his best interest. Now, it's a little weird to say, hey, I've only gotten an offer for a 12th on this guy, you know, um, who's in. But again, he doesn't have to say it publicly. You go around and text or Slack everybody and say, literally, will you give me an eighth for McCaffrey? I would imagine in this scenario, there'd be some more takers. Yeah, and maybe it's just an expectation then around without overcomplicating it or make turning into something it doesn't need to be. When I call up the commissioner and say, made a trade with Dan, you know, McCaffrey for a 13th rounder, you know, then commission can be like, huh, did you talk to anyone other than Dan about that particular trade? And if the answer is no, then then it's like, okay, let's, let's take a second here. But if it's like, yeah, this is the best I could do, then so be it. But I think yeah. there's just some level of reasonableness to like gauge this, I think is is important. Yeah. And I think it'll help get some buy-in as well for some people who might be a little apprehensive about it in general to know that you're going to be rewarded for being active and involved and for shopping your players and talking to people, but you're not going to be screwed by being not in the loop at all times. Yeah, and I think instead of just outright rejecting a trade, if it's McCaffrey for a thirteenth, to give to make it the the league's decision on if that's the price, um, feels yeah, better. Yeah, doesn't to have me. to be. A, and so my decision is okay. Well, that's not fair. Let's let's make sure that's what the price is before we so, let it go. Versus saying no, that's not allowed. I think in this, I think in this specific example with a guy like McCaffrey, like. Yeah, that is probably easier, pretty easy to do. But then what about like, what about other guys? Like, what about like a, a decent quarterback that you get in like the fourth or fifth round? How could you as commissioner, or even if you post it publicly, like that, that then screws to so say, I have the, the quarterback that I'm totally. trying to trade, right? It screws but you over. It, it, it screws over the guy I've already negotiated. Yeah. That I'm like just publicly saying, or I go to submit it to Scott. Hey, I'm trading, uh, you know, Matt Ryan for a, for a sixth or whatever. It's like, you know, like there's like, where do we start to, or maybe Josh yeah. Allen, like I'm thinking of someone who was drafted like in the third round who would be capable for a second. Josh Allen's an awesome player, but how do you possibly evaluate in our league if he's worth a second rounder? Or not? Like that's just a difference in opinion. So say, Logan's like, ah, Josh Allen had the best season of his career. Like, I'm down on Buffalo this year. Like, Diggs is going to be a prima donna again and all this bullshit. I want to get off of him, and I'm going to trade him for a sixth. 
at the service level, to me, that sounds ridiculous. Josh Allen for a sixth, hell yeah, I'll give you a fifth. But like, if I'm hard negotiating already, well, I and think I'm that the, the thing sixth, I remember though, it's not exactly. really for a sixth. It's for his. It's for a second, which he's being kept at, and a sixth. So the, oh, the, the, pre, the premium you're paying is you're basically paying a sixth rounder to ensure that you get him for a second round pick. Of course. I think, you know, so I think but what Dan's saying is if he, if he as the other person in the league knew that he would have, he can come in and be like, well, I'll do a fifth. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I so I, I think to me, it's this and Logan, you said this earlier off the air, off the air, like this never happens. <laughs> So it's really protecting against the worst deals of like, that's so ridiculous that we need to figure something out versus, okay, Josh Allen's really a seventh. Well, that seems like pretty cheap. Like that doesn't warrant rejection no, there's public, there's, whatever we want to do, right? Yeah. That's the thing. And I think, and I've talked about it in my experiences too, it's literally only happened one or two times in a decade where collectively the entire league went like the hell <laughs> you know and i think it's just one of those yeah. things where you know what we see and then collectively when it happened the entire league got together and was just like no like don't don't yeah. do this like we're not gonna do this because it doesn't make it fun when you know people don't act in in the best interest and so yeah. i don't know that there needs to be over legislation for lack of a better word of all of this but maybe it is just that conversation if you submit a trade, especially in the, um, you know, before the draft that makes, you know, Scott, you as commissioner go, the hell are you, what? Then we need to take two seconds and just- There's a difference between what the fuck are you doing? And, oh, that was pretty cheap. Good deal by that guy. (laughs) Yes. And I think think that's kind of the, the core of my belief is that, it does have to come down to Scott a little bit. Like it has to be a private thing for Scott to think about first. So like just in my Josh Allen example, I give Logan a sixth round pick for Josh Allen, who I can keep for a second Um, or let's make it an eighth. So it's, so it's even cheaper. Like that seems just to me really cheap, even though yes, I have to keep for a second. That seems really cheap in a super flex league, whatever with like a middle second round pick or something. Um, like Scott has to be able to evaluate that and say, that's not enough for me to get involved because my biggest fear would be that we start Scott. It's our thing in the basketball league. That was not an egregious trade. It wasn't even like that good of a player. In fact, he was terrible the year before and super expensive for the league. Yet some one guy was probably pissed that he didn't get it, that he didn't make the deal with me, even though I offered it to him a day before. So I think that's, I don't know. I just, I don't, it's I don't the difference want between like a good faith deal and a right. A it would have to be egregious. Thing. Yeah. But then again, I, I guess, and I hate to belabor the point, but that it, even on the McCaffrey side, like to Logan's point earlier, if he doesn't want McCaffrey, like, I mean, I guess it's better than it's the first round pick. So it's hard, but you know, trade him to me. I, I have to use my first round pick on him anyway. He might as well take something. I do see that side of things. So, that well, might when, sound when you're talking about but when you're talking about like the picks at the top of the draft it always gets a little like off i think the the better example of where it gets kind of egregious is when you have like the studs 
rookies or cheap players that are like in like the lower to mid rounds that people start trading because anytime you trade a player in the top couple rounds anything you get back is probably actually kind of fair you know what i mean based on the fact that they're going to have to use that pick on them anyway to get them and you're getting something back but like i'm trying to think of an example like of recent years if you took lamar jackson in like the 12th round when he was a rookie and now he's worth a 10th round draft pick and you try to trade Lamar Jackson for a 14th rounder like that's when it gets because you're essentially getting Lamar Jackson for a 10th round draft pick when if you were to draft him regularly you'd have to take him in the first few rounds that's where it's like okay that doesn't feel right and that's where it becomes the issue more than anything else or that rookie running back that blows up that you can keep for the 12th rounder when he yeah. would be a second rounder if he was not capped and you trade him for like pennies. Yeah. That's and, where it gets problems. And now we come back to where I was originally. Like that shit ain't going to happen in our league. Like if you have LeBron Jackson, a guy like him, you drafted him in the 12th, him for an 11th and a 10th, and I was worth a ninth. You're going to be shopping that guy around hard and you're going to be getting more than. Yeah, if you're, if you're not getting a fifth or sixth round pick or something, you're not going to do that, right? Yeah, I mean, I just I find it really hard to believe that yeah. people would right. just dump okay. him and take him. I know you can't keep him, but I also find it hard to believe that people would accept anything or accept, but also get. Like if I say Lamar Jackson, hey, I can't keep him. He's worth a seventh. I bet I get multiple offers, and the and naturally the price is higher than a twelfth round yeah. pick. Hopefully. I think we spent enough time on yes. this particular topic. <laughs> that's a very good point. Um, I, I think that's uh, good for podcast number one for the season. Um, Are you sure this lot- isn't three? Can we like break this up? It's the trades pod. We might just do a trades podcast. It's not a bad idea. No, I don't want to edit that much. So it's one big podcast. Have fun. Uh, yeah, we'll make some of these decisions in the Slack. So get in the damn Slack, folks. Uh, pretty easy to set your notifications, whatever you want. If you want to talk about rules for the next month and you don't want to miss being in on that decision, just put notifications for the rules channel. Look at that. Now you get the notifications. It's great. I don't know what else to do with you people. Is this how uh, you talk to your direct reports, Scott? <laughs> yeah, usually. Oh, my God uh that's all i got uh draft probably we will figure out in the next couple weeks here so we have a date we're looking maybe at the fourth or fifth but our defending champion might have a scheduling conflict i don't know we don't want him there anyway yeah he can auto draft that'll be great oh yeah can we can we implement that rule whoever wins the year before has to auto draft for next year that's interesting oh sorry it's stupidest idea i've ever had all right. I think I think they should have to fill all of their starting spots before they can fill their bench. Okay. That wouldn't work for Bobby because he likes to pick about twelve running backs before anyone else. But seems to work for him since he's in the playoffs every freaking year. Uh, thanks, guys, for being on the pod. This has been fun. It's been a privilege. That's great. I'm excited. Uh, Dan and or Logan or somebody will have to keep this going once these babies come. Cause there's going to be a few weeks there where I'm probably out of service, but you never know. Oh, Logan and I will 
we'll do it and it'll be a, a train wreck. And can we sit? Wait, can we still send you a file to edit? <laughs> Probably. Logan and I will get in the same room. Like literally, we live like a half hour away from each other. That's true. Now that now that COVID's over, I can yeah. be actually over. Yeah, right. As over. Delta yeah. just runs. <laughs> I, was just gonna, I was just gonna say. As there's no as fans it, at the Olympics and uh, as 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 I don't see masks on people anymore, maybe that's a better way of describing it. There you go. I, I assume nobody in the league needs to hear this, but in case you do, get your damn shot so we can go to Vegas in 2022. Okay. That's all I want to do. Personal health decision, yes. Scott. Uh-huh. I will not be pressured by big pharma and the liberal media. Get get my Fauci out of here or whatever <laughs> they said. <laughs> all right. Enough this of this. I'm going to stop. Yeah. I'm going to stop the podcast. Thanks, everyone. Talk to you later. Love you.